Welcome to Stiefel's Sightlines Podcast, focusing each week on a topic or two important to investors. Well, greetings and welcome to the Sightlines Podcast. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's Chief Investment Officer. You know, in this episode, I want to continue the discussion from our last episode. Recall in the last one that we were focused in on supply chain. So exploring some data around supply chains and whether we're seeing some pressures easing and in fact, we sort of uh, uncovered some information that indicated, yeah, that that's likely happening. Um, what we want to do is now focus in on, kind of think of it as the effect of that on prices, right? So there's sort of a slowing demand uh, because of uh, central bank policies becoming more uh, hawkish, um, and, and then hopefully the easing of some supply chains that should have an effect on prices. So let's jump into it. And I want to start with sort of a, a closely watched uh, item, which is uh, crude oil. Uh, so there's a couple different uh, forms and sort of prices that are quoted. But you know, the, kind of the bottom line is what we saw when we look back kind of pre-pandemic into the pandemic into where we are today, there's a, a very sort of logical pattern that has unfolded. Um, you know, start with the idea of the economy shutting down. So when that happens, essentially lo- lower demand, right? And so oil prices fell really with the shutdown. And then in turn, of course, as we reopen the economy, uh, they started to rise again. And so that sort of amplified demand, especially with uh, heightened monetary and fiscal support, policy support, basically drove oil prices up a little bit. But then it was really the unfortunate and sort of tragic uh, Russia's uh, invasion of the Ukraine. Uh, that, so the Russia-Ukraine war uh, that really uh, put a, a pressure on oil, and oil sort of jumped up um, really in the wake of that invasion. Now, uh, the reason to go through all this is to point out, hey, that's been true, but what we've seen recently uh, is that uh, oil prices have started to fall. Now, I always think about it that, you know, in, in our industry, watching oil prices is really important, but it is something that for the average consumer is a little bit of a distant concept, right? It's not like we as individuals are out buying gallons of oil, uh, or at least much of it. And so obviously the thing that's more, uh, the product of that that's more uh, close to home is, is, is gasoline. So the price is at the pump. And so, you know, when we take a step back and look at that pattern, it's actually, not surprisingly, uh, the same pattern. It's essentially a slowdown in the price of uh, gas, uh, sort of a falling in the price of gas as we close the economy, a sort of measured increase as the economy reopened, and then really with uh, the sort of the challenges with oil, prices jumped with the war. Uh, but as, as, as we've seen with the oil, uh, and I think we've all experienced, the price at the pump has started to come down, and so that's pretty important. Now, another dimension that hits home is food prices, right? And so, you know, really amplified in a way by the um, the challenges of the Russia-Ukraine war and how that's Im- impacted supply of certain uh, elements for food. You know, the bottom line is w- that's something that's very closely watched and, and again, hits close to home uh, or literally at home as people go out and, and essentially buy food. And so we took a look at an index called the FAO Food Price Index. It's basically a basket of five components, cereal, vegetable oil, dairy, meat, and sugar. So pretty basic, but goes out to international prices, creates a basket of those uh, sort of food commodities. 
and then tracks it, right? And what, what we've seen just in very round numbers is again with the um, sort of the beginning of the pandemic, things kind of eased back a little bit and, and sort of fell. Um, but then um, uh, essentially, uh, you know, with the reopening, uh, you know, prices started to climb. And then with the war, same thing, kind of a little bit of a stronger move up. But once again, this is a, an, an, a signal or an indicator that has rolled over. So since March, that index is actually down 12%. And again, it's, it's kind of intense because, you know, we really feel it in terms of food prices. And so the idea that we might see some deflation in that area will be pretty important. Now, these are all sort of in individual components. Um, the consumer price index is a measure intended to sort of pull a bunch of components together. It's published by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. And so just recently this week, we had uh, the July report. And it was really, I'd say, a, a highly anticipated report because uh, the last, like the June report in particular, was pretty negative. And so everybody's kind of watching this to see, hey, is, is, are we going to see some of these rollovers in prices kind of affect inflation as it's measured? And the answer to that question kind of simply is yes, we did see that. So when we look at the headline uh, CPI, which is good, just known as the Consumer Price Index, basically for the month of July, that headline number was unchanged. And so it's a bit better than the uh, the consensus forecast of 0.2%. Um, and, you know, within CPI, a couple of uh, components that really, if you will, helped were fuel, as we've been discussing, and actually airline prices. And, um, and so those are two key inputs or key components that fell during the month of July. Now, other areas take, for example, electricity actually rose. So, um, you know, something that we're going to be watching. In any event, the other thing that's released at the same time is what's called the core CPI, and that excludes food and energy. It's, you know, uh, headline is, is uh, considered to be a little bit more volatile, core a little less so. And, you know, the bottom line is that th that rose below consensus as well. Uh, the core CPI was up 0.3% for the month of July, and the consensus was for a half-point move. So, you know, I'd say all in all, people take this as a... Um, as a positive inflation report so far. Now, a couple of things to note. Number one, um, you know, we, we tend to see as an industry people looking at the last year, and if, hey, in the last eight or nine months prices are up a lot, those annual measures are always going to feel inflated. So one of the things I chose to do this week, or this month, excuse me, was to annualize the two monthly numbers. In other words, just look at the month and and kind of measure, well, what, what would the full year be like if, the, if July's uh, number was repeated another 11 months? And of course, if it's unchanged for the headline CPI, that would mean a, an inflation rate of zero. Now, we don't think that's going to happen, but that's an important sort of reference point. And then I think importantly for the core CPI, that annualized rate at 0.3% annualizes to 3.66%. So above the Fed's 2% target, to give you a couple references, in the first half of 2022, the average monthly for that first half was 0.55%. That uh, annualizes to 6.85%, so almost 7% inflation. So, you know, even though 3.6 three, uh, or so is a bit above the Fed's 2% target, that's a big improvement in terms of inflation compared to the first half of the year and, and, and even in 2021. 
Now, did the market react to that? Yeah, number one, I'd say equities just had a little more relief. So equities generally moved up a little bit in the wake of this news. But then also we saw, you know, the sort of the anticipated inflation, the 10-year break-even inflation rate and the five-year break-even inflation rate fall modestly. Um, and the 10-year, for example, is at 2.43%. Uh, it hit a high of over 3% in April. Uh, but again, that's numbers above the Fed's 2% target. So the Fed's going to be looking at that and probably continuing their their hawkish policy for a while. Uh, but uh, I would also say that futures market uh, sort of told us that whereas before the report, the market was sort of pricing in a three-quarter point hike, another one from the Fed in September, that's backed off to half a point. So the market's sort of anticipating the Fed may not have to go quite as aggressive in its policy shift as originally thought because of this, you know, modestly improved inflation report. Now, what you'll read if you if you go out and sort of read people's observations about this inflation report is, hey, one month doesn't make a trend, right? So inflation tends to be volatile. This was a pretty good month. Um, but what we really have to watch for is continued improvement and a trend in the cooling of inflation. So we're really not yet, quote unquote, out of the woods. So again, we'll see how it, it goes. That's what we wanted to cover in this uh, week's episode. Thank you so much uh, for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Stiefel's Sightlines. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each week's podcast in your feed.